This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ah. (laughs) Are you finally starting to understand, Chicago? Best in the world this, best in the world that. I don't care if you have hometown heroes. I don't care where you came from. No one is on my level. Absolutely no one. I've proven it day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. And it doesn't matter where I go. But one thing's for sure, when it comes to this AEW belt, the only people that would ever have a chance to beat me, ever, are either not here, they're already tired, or they are already dead. said, you remember what you did to me. Oh, no! Cole just took out Jungle Boy! Why would he kick Jungle Boy? Well, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Learn your answers, Tony. This is astonishing. What a turn of events. Of the almighty Steve Urkel. Did I do that? You really believed me, didn't you? You really thought I was scared? This guy's one of our best friends. Tell him, Adam. Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? Boys and girls, it's official. The elite is the most dominant faction in the history of this business. And ain't no chance in hell anyone's gonna stop us. Now that's what I call a happy ending. So really, the only thing I've got left to do is what I do best, and that's send the crowd home happy. So without any further ado, 
I must bid you goodbye and good night. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 117, and uh, it's not going to be a normal episode or a long one either. This will be all about my trip to All Out, AEW All Out. I went this past weekend, had a hell of a time, an amazing experience. My voice is a little sore. Um, I'm a bit tired as well, but it was just 
100% worth it because the show was amazing. One of the best nights of my life, really, to be honest with you. So, yeah, this will be not a normal episode. The normal episodes will resume on 218. I just want to put this out here to keep the schedule on track and to just, you know, give you guys my thoughts on the trip. Um, it's similar, actually, to the episode I did a few years ago about my trip to New York for Mania Weekend. Um, the difference, though, is that uh, this trip was a lot less hectic, a lot less chaotic than New York was. Because New York, there was like 70 shows going on. I was hopping on this train and that train and just going to and fro. It was pretty wild. This trip, though, was a lot less crazy. I just had the one show to go to. I did not go to GCW or Rampage or whatever. It was just all out. So it was still eventful, don't get me wrong, but it was a lot more relaxing too, which I liked. So uh, yeah, it started on Friday. I went to Chicago on Friday. Uh, it's funny, I mentioned it wasn't as crazy. Uh, there was some craziness beforehand because I noticed that the back of my phone was starting to come off. And I did some research, and apparently that's a sign that the battery in your phone is beginning to swell, which is a big uh-oh, especially before a trip. So I went to the tech repair place, they got a new battery in, it was all set. So I was panicking a bit, I won't lie, but it all turned out to be okay in time for the trip. So yeah, Friday I flew out to Chicago, got there okay, safely, no problems there. Um, I went to the Airbnb, checked in, and, you know, I thought about going to Rampage. I mulled that over before the trip, but honestly, I was a bit too tired from the trip, so I did not go to Rampage. Instead, I went to dinner with Jack Beckman from VOW. Uh, we went to this place called the Bavarian Lodge, which is a German restaurant. Um, I've never had German food before, and uh, I guess I still haven't because I got a burger instead, so I kind of chickened out in that respect, but... Jack got this thing called, I think it's called the Braumeister's Platter. It's like this huge plate of just sausages and pork chops and pork loins and potatoes and corn. It was it was a big, tall order. And he was hungry. But even he was like, I don't know, man, this might be a little too much for me. <laughs> but uh, he got through it okay. Uh, yeah, that was Friday. Uh, Saturday, again, a pretty easy day. I went to check out downtown Naperville, which is where I stayed. And then uh, at night, I met up with a whole bunch of people from VOW for dinner. Uh, Rich Krejci was there. His wife, Michelle, the nurse, was there too. Tyler Furness, uh, Chris Samsa and his wife, Megan. Steve Case and his wife, Elise, who is uh, very pregnant, by the way. She is ready to pop very soon. So uh, congrats <laughs> on the soon-to-be new baby, guys. Congrats. Um, and Jack was there too, of course. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun just shooting the shit for a few hours at dinner. And uh, that was Saturday. Again, it was a very easy trip for the most part. The only real big events for me were on Sunday. So Sunday was all out day. And uh, beforehand, there was a big barbecue at Chris and Megan's house. Um, people who were at the dinner the night before were there, of course, but also... Paul Volsh, Mike Spears, Case Lowe, uh, Jeremy Sexton, Alex Wendland, uh, Abraham Delgado, Jerry Evagood. Like, it was a whole big group of UW people. And uh, we just ate so much food that Chris and Megan prepared. I mean, Chris is just a wunderkind on the grill. We were just scarfing down meats left and right. It was so delicious and just so much fun to hang out and to just chat about life and wrestling and the world and 
joke and smile and just be together because, you know, for the most part, we only interact online. I mean, we're all in just different parts of the country, different parts of the world. You know, I'm in Boston. Paul is from Germany. Abraham's from Puerto Rico. You have Jerry from Virginia. You had, you know, people from Chicago area, from Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. Uh, Sue Williams, who wasn't at the party, but he came to Chicago. He's from Louisiana. Like, all these people from around the world just coming together because of pro wrestling, because of Voices of Wrestling, and because of free food as well. So <laughs> it was just... It was such a great time and a great moment for all of us to be there together. So that was the barbecue before All Out. And uh, then we had All Out. We all drove down to the Hoffman Estates area at the Now Arena for the show. And uh, I was not part of the VOW suite that others were. So I had to go through the normal entrance for the plebs. And uh, boy, oh boy, was that line massive. There were just a lot of people in line. And there was like one entrance for those people, so it was a long time to walk to the end of the line. But it moved quickly, I will say that. It did not take forever to get into the building, thankfully. So I went in, I got my seat, and uh, I sat in uh, one of the upper levels, kind of diagonal from the ring. And I was a little bit nervous beforehand about my view, what it was going to look like, but I could see everything just fine. It was a great seat, no problems there at all. And then the show started. Uh, with the pre-show and then the main show. And uh, I'm not going to go into super great detail about the show. Uh, if you've seen it, you probably know the details anyway. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It was an amazing show. But yeah, I'll just, I'll break it down into like three sections. Uh, the first section is just, just being there, being in that crowd, being in that atmosphere. It was electric. I mean, I had not been to a wrestling show live in two years. Last one I went to was the New Japan show in Lowell for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And that was a great show, but the atmosphere in this one just blew it out of the water because the crowd was so hot. They were so jazzed up for the show and they were so jazzed up for the wrestlers. I mean, we know watching on TV that a lot of guys in AEW are over with the fans, but being there live just reinforces that notion so much. I mean, there were so many big reactions from Moxley and Eddie Kingston Britt Baker, the Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express, Best Friends, you know, Darby, Kenny, Statlander, Thunder Rosa. I mean, not to mention CM fucking Punk. I mean, <laughs> the list goes on and on. Kojima, Ruby Soho, Minoru fucking Suzuki was there and the crowd went apeshit. I mean, this, this is a company that is hot and the fans care about these wrestlers. Why? Because they're fun likable, interesting characters to root for. It's not that hard, you know? Other companies need to pump in audio to get the reactions on screen. Not this one. This is a hot company with fans who love and cheer or boo the wrestlers to their heart's content. It's It was so great to be in there in that building with that energy in that crowd. Number two, of course, is the music. Gotta mention the music. And it was just so cool to hear these themes live for the first time. And that in and of itself, that experience, did so much to pump me up as much as the wrestlers or matches did. Like, hearing Kenny's theme live for the first time was incredible. Hearing Darby's theme live for the first time was incredible. Uh, same with Kojima's theme. Same with, you know, Eddie Kingston's theme. Hearing these themes, you know, in person is, again, it's different than just hearing them on your own in your house or whatever, or, or on TV. Like, it's just a different experience 
live. And and as well, there's the sing-along aspect to it, too, of course. I mean, it was just so much fun singing along to Tarzan Boy and Cult of Personality and Ruby Soho and, and my god, Kaze Ninare. I mean, when Minoru Suzuki, when that music hit and the wind started blowing and the king showed up on the screen, I freaked the fuck out. I stood up. Yeah, he's here. He's here. And they played the song. And I was like, this crowd will chant Kazenina Ray. I guarantee it. I guarantee they're going to do it. And sure enough, they chanted it. Kazenina Ray. And after over a year of clap crowds not being able to chant along to that song, it was like this cathartic release inside of me just like finally we could say it finally oh my god but yeah that was just amazing amazing experience live and i have to mention this too the live performances uh mikey ruckus did a live performance with a rapper named muelas de gallo they did a performance of the lucha bros theme for their entrance and it was awesome it sounded great in the building on point the Lucha Bros came out with their headdresses on and the varsity jackets. Like, it was such a cool entrance. And it was just so awesome to see Mikey get that moment and that experience live in front of the fans. Great entrance. I'll remember it forever. The Judas entrance for Jericho, eh, wasn't quite on the same level. Um, I get the idea behind it. The guitar doing the thing. I get that. The crowd sang along to Judas. We got a little mixed up. Halfway through, I think the guitar player mixed this up, but we got there in the end. So it wasn't it wasn't as uh, smooth as the Lucha Bros entrance was, but hey, what can you do? Thirdly and lastly is, of course, the show itself. My thoughts on the actual show, the actual matches and whatnot. And I said before, this was a fantastic show, and I meant it. Like, I think every match on this show delivered in some way. Even, like, Paul White QT Marshall was just three minutes in and out. No problems there whatsoever. It was fine. Match of the night, though, clearly, clearly was Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in the cage. Not just match of the night, maybe my match of the year, and definitely the best match I've seen live in person. I mean, this was incredible. I mean, these guys were flying around. They were doing big spots. There was blood. There was emotion. There was so much drama. In this match. I mean, the point where they hit Penta with the thumbtack shoe and he is just gushing blood. And then they hit him with the BTE trigger and Phoenix is down and they cover him. I am like literally saying out loud, no, not again. They're going to win again. These bastard young bucks. No. And then Phoenix at the last second breaks up the pin. The building just exploded. Like bolts of lightning went through me and everyone else there. And we were just screaming, yeah, come on, let's go, let's go, come on. We were just so much more invested in a Lucha Bros win at that point. And at the end, when Phoenix flew off the top, flew, glided off the top with that crossbody. They hit the pile driver on Nick, one, two, three. I literally jumped out of my seat, stuck my arms over my head, and just screamed like a maniac. They did it! Yeah, baby, they won! They did it! Woohoo! It was like nothing I'd ever done before at a wrestling show. I was so, so happy, and so was everyone else. That building was rocking and rolling. And the aftermath with 
Penta and Phoenix in the ring, finally, with the tag belts in hand. Oh my god, I had chills. I mean, they're hugging, and, you know, Penta is staining the belt with his blood because he held it to his face. And then afterwards, he goes to his children and hugs them all bloody. It was, it was kind of funny, but again, it was very emotional and very cathartic to see these two guys, the Lucha Bros, finally win the tag belts in AEW. Oh my god, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> so yeah, that was the match of the night for me, and I think for everybody else too. But like I said, I mean, up and down, this was a great show. I mean, the openers with Miro, Eddie, and Moxie Kojima. Two hard-hitting beef slappers. You can never go wrong with that. Britt Statlander, another really good match. I think maybe barring the Thunder Rosa Lights Out match, it's the best Britt Baker match in AEW to date. And also maybe the best Statlander match to date too in this company. But uh, yeah, also really good. Uh, Casino Battle Royale flew by pretty quickly. Uh, Ruby Soho made her debut. Got a great reaction live, especially with the music. Ruby Soho by Rancid, which, I mean, that is the most obvious choice in the world, right? I mean, Ruby Soho not having that song as her theme would be like a wrestler named Eleanor Rigby not having Eleanor Rigby as her theme. Like, it's a no-brainer. So, they got the song. It worked out great. A great first night for Ruby Soho and the company. And uh, her hugging Bryce at the end after she won was uh, a really nice moment, too, for sure. Uh, Jericho MJF, pretty decent for the most part, but... Once they got to the dusty finish with Jericho's foot on the ropes, that's when the crowd became unglued, and it took things up a notch for sure. Uh, so whatever your thoughts are on dusty finishes, in this case, it worked. Trust me, I was there. It worked. <laughs> CM Punk, Darby Allin. CM Punk's first match back in seven years. I was there for it, and my expectations were for Punk to just not suck. Just have a good... Solid performance. Not match of the year level. I didn't need that, but just be good in the ring. And damn it, he was good. I mean, you could tell early on there was some rust. He was getting his feet wet. There was a slow start, but once it all clicked together, it got really good. And the end with him just sitting up to avoid the coffin drop and laughing like that was mwah, perfecto. I loved it. Punk wins. Darby just sold his ass off the whole way through. Uh, great job out of Darby here. Sting comes out for the handshakes. Tremendous moment, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Tall Paul QT, I brought that up earlier. Squash match, in and out, no problem there. Then finally, the main event, Kenny versus Christian. Crowd at this point, pretty tired, pretty worn out, but watching back, the match itself was really good. And I give just major props to Christian for taking some big bumps in this match. He took a beating here. Not just the spear through the table, but the ending with the avalanche one-winged angel, where when Kenny rose up onto his feet, the entire crowd rose up with him and just gasped when he hit the move. Nuts to see live. So major props to Christian there for sure. And then we had what came afterwards with the debut of Adam Cole in AEW. Roof flew off. I mean, the pop this guy got was insane. He comes out, Adam Cole, baby! And at that point, you know, I was 95% sure that Brian Danielson was going to show up. But when Cole super kicked Jungle Boy and rejoined the Elite, I was at 100%. Like, Brian has to come out here and save the day now. And sure enough, Kenny does the goodbye 
Mwah. And good night. Once again, the roof flies off. Because <laughs> here comes Brian fucking Danielson. Crowd is going apeshit. Like, back-to-back, Cole and Brian. This is an insane ending. He comes in, clears house. Luchasaurus spin kicks Doc Gallows off the apron. Brian does the running knee to Nick Jackson. Heroes stand tall. Bad guys run away. The show ends. And it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And afterwards, Brian cuts a promo to the fans, saying that he's in AEW because of the fans, because of people like Chris Jericho and John Moxley and Jurassic Express, who were there in AEW since day one, building the foundation. And also because he's a wrestler, and he's here to goddamn wrestle. And he ends it with, AEW, let's fucking go! And that was all out. <laughs> um, now, as far as the new themes go for Cole and Brian, Cole's theme sounds very much like an Adam Cole theme, that's for sure. Brian's theme, it was a little hard to hear in the building because of the crowd noise. I could make out the beginning and the hip-hop beat, but when I heard it on its own later that night, it did kind of grow on me. Like, it has the Flight of the Valkyries in there. It has the, you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in chant in there. And the vocals, they are very, like, NXT video package but they did seem pretty catchy to me. I can't lie. So I know it's going to be a very divisive song. It's not Final Countdown. I know that. But to me, it's pretty catchy. So sue me, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that was All Out. The best wrestling show I've ever been to. One of the best nights of my life, period. And the fact that I was there with so many great friends from VOW made it just that much better. And I can't wait to do it again someday. So that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate and click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. I'm Andrew Rich. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you next time with a normal episode on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.
Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.